The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. CIO Talk Radio is sponsored by HP Data Center Services, Cloud Computing Services, and Workplace 360 Services. Are you ready for an instant-on world? Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Here's Sunjo Gall. Good morning and welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Today's topic is the CIO as ball coach. And our guests for today's show are John Teeter, who's the Deputy Chief Information Officer for the Department of Health and Human Services. Good morning, John. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. So life treating you good? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful day to be on the radio. Beautiful. And also we have the honor of uh, having Tommy Amaker, who's the head coach from the Harvard Crimson men's basketball. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. Oh, the honor is all ours. And, and uh, how's your coaching going? How's your life going? Things are well so far. It's a little bit of a slower time for us now, but um, you know things will pick up very soon here starting next month. But uh, so far, so good. Great. Now, the, just, just, just to give a background around uh, on this topic. So when we were looking at the role of an, a chief information officer who's essentially a leader and also a coach of the, the people, we said that how is that any different from, uh, you know, be, being coaching a, a basketball or any other kind of uh, ball game? and where you have a lot of very talented people who all, all want to succeed individually and perhaps also as a team, but then there could be a lot of juggling to do, a lot of coaching to do in order to get the best out. So with that said, uh, Tom, there are so many different definitions of what a coach does. I was just looking up uh, on the Internet, and I said, okay, let me see what are, what are different philosophies, etc., about what a coach does and what they should be doing, and I found so many articles, it's not even funny. So why is there a disconnect, or why is there so many flavors existing about what a coach is, what should their focus be, and what can they do to make everybody else play better? Well, I think, first of all, when you think of a coach, uh, at least I do, and what I was uh, thought of in, in terms of my younger years when I looked up to coach, I, I looked at coaches as teachers. And then the first and foremost, you know, my high school basketball coach or my little league coaches uh, probably all had some area involved in education and in teaching, and yet they also coached that particular respective sport, which was basketball for me. Um, so I think of a coach as a teacher. My mother is a longtime school teacher. My high school coach and coaches in, in my uh, era in terms of coming through the ranks uh, usually were teachers in the schools, and the school systems where you played for. So uh, I would view coaching as teaching, as leading, and as serving. And all the people that I've played for um, through my years as, as a player and what I try to emulate now as a basketball coach, I try to go back to that, to teach, to lead, and to serve. Now, with that fundamental clarity, uh, John, do you think when we are running a business or maybe a team of a bunch of very highly talented and motivated or sometimes not as motivated people, 
Do you think you can follow the same fundamentals and get uh, like good results? Yeah, I think that's that's really uh, what it boils down to is is producing the required result. And uh, you know, in basketball, the result is uh, is a win. And so, uh, but I, and I, I I totally agree with with the coach. He is is uh, a, a consummate teacher and a consummate leader, but I think that there's a there's a maturity uh, model that we we probably uh, need to discuss, and that is when you when you're early on in your your uh, development, your skill development, or your or your uh, particular chosen area of discipline, you you need more teaching. Uh, than you than you do later on as you mature as a player or as or as a an IT professional, uh, and then then the leadership really kicks in and and what a coach then in my mind can do is develop the plans that they could that these talented people can then perform against and produce that positive result. So for us it might be you know uh, delivering a successful IT project. Uh, in in the sports world, uh, it might be you know delivering that that win uh, each and every time you go out. So with that said, uh, Tom, in your view, do you think when you suppose assemble a team and or start working with the team initially, you might do a lot more teaching and later on this just you just keep referring to a playbook and come up with some new innovative uh, game plans or, or or things like that, and that would do the, do the trick, or you'll have to continue coach and continue take them to the next level. Well, I think as as we do in basketball, I'm sure in, in many sports environments of of assembling. Uh, successful teams assembling any kind of uh, organization or unit, I think the first thing is probably trying to develop a level of a relationship. Uh, I think that's really, really important. And so we try to establish a form of trust and do that through the forms of relationship building. Uh, and I think that's critical. As we go about teaching after we feel like we've had those uh, opportunities to extend uh, relationships and trust to a certain level, we always talk about teaching from the whole method meaning the whole group and what we do at a basketball team, we want to show how it's supposed to look in its entirety of what we're teaching, whether that's our offense or our defense. For basketball, that would be basically five-on-five. That's what we would call the whole method. We'd want to make sure that our, our pupils, our students, our players, they have a visual idea of what this whole concept is supposed to look like. And then once we kind of introduce it that way, now we go back to what we call the part method, and we would break it down into certain segments of that whole method and really work on drills and fundamentals and techniques and try to get things to perfection. And then we build it back up to that whole method again. So uh, a relationships, a form of trust, and then that, uh, that level of how we teach or that formula for the way we teach what would be whole method, part method, and then back to the whole method philosophy. Tom, how do you think you should be or you are being measured today as a coach is it when you win the championship or is it just you could have the most motivated team right but if you do not win the championship do you think the the measurement you know uh, gets skewed towards not as good a coach or they did not do a great job how well, in in the world that that I live in in terms of uh, the sporting world and the, the you know you're judged on uh, in a lot of ways in in terms of the professional sports it's just wins and losses. Uh, I think as you go down to college, high school, and uh, levels of that sort, that you're, you're, there are other factors that you're, you're being judged on in terms of the quality of the character of the young man or women that you're, you're responsible for, 
uh, graduation rates if you're in terms of in college coaching, which I am. Uh, there are other factors and uh, I think uh, variables that are evaluated and analyzed. But ultimately, in the, in the eyes of the public, being in a public specter here, um, it's usually universally judged in terms of wins and losses. But, you, you know, as a coach, you have to make sure that you have standards and things uh, internally that you're looking toward that aren't always judged by the outside. And, and I think that's really important because if we're solely into this to just to win, um, you know, you, you're probably not going to be rewarded and you're not serving. Uh, going back to that word serve, I think teach, lead, and serve. Uh, you're not serving your pupils or your students or your players. And so uh, I think it's bigger than that, and that's the form of teaching uh, that I think gets lost a lot in the world of coaching. So, uh, John, you know that there are wins and then there are losses and or their projects not as successfully delivered for whatever reason. And we still are seeing uh, we are seeing that there are IT leaders who lose their jobs or are not seen or frowned upon when the end result doesn't come. And at the same time, your profession as a coach, as a leader, is always to tell these uh, folks that you're coaching is to focus on having fun and having a phenomenal game and do the best you can. Wins and wins and uh, losses are are something which you do not want to focus on. Whereas your head is that my uh, my head is on the line or my neck is on the line because if I do not have this project delivered successfully, I will not be there. So how do you maintain your sanity and have a different mask or, or a face for the, the, the people who you're coaching versus different face for the executive management? Well, everybody is always accountable for producing results. And, um, but but I, I want to go back to, to something that, uh, that Tommy said, and that is you know um the the uh you have the the overall the whole concept and and then you have the part concept and and I think it's really important to to start to develop people as uh as teammates you're you're going to have people that are are um are are very skilled in in certain areas uh but but having the ability for those folks to understand you know what their role is in as a contributor to the whole is extremely important and i i think that uh if we if we do those kinds of things and teach them to be good uh teammates so and this is an this is an area of teaching that falls outside of the you know, let's say the skill sets uh that that we might be talking about whether it's in sports uh or whether it's in in uh in information technology you know people bring skill sets to the table but having uh having that team dynamic and having people understand their role and having them be able to understand how they can can interact with their other teammates and support them and actually make the uh make the sum of the parts you know uh greater uh, then I, I think that uh, that that's really a, a a a big deal and i think that the other things will um, will take care of themselves I, I might also say that um, what I try and do is is I try and put myself in between the um, the teams and the executives so that you know the the uh, the negative uh, aspects of n- potentially not producing the results that you 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 might have desired uh kind of stop with me and certainly you share the the you know the, your perspectives on on the results and the productivity that the team has produced with the team members 
but you know sometimes you know the buck just has to stop with me. And, and John, can I just uh, jump in? I, I think that was so well said in terms of the, the roles that you mentioned uh, and playing your role. And uh, we have a saying here, you know, with our basketball team that uh, it, it's we want you to embrace your role, not not to just accept your role. And there's a big difference in those two words: embrace and accept. And we also talk a lot about uh, there's a, there's a great saying in the world of sports that good teams have good players, great teams have great teammates, and we really hang on to that uh, a great deal and try to develop great teammates because we think if you uh, have the ability to be a great teammate, regardless of your skill set or how talented you may be, if you're on a, in, a, in a group, an organization, or a unit, uh, if you're a great teammate, uh, you have a great, great opportunity, I think, to become a great team. Now, coming back to the question I asked, John, uh, Tom, the question for you is, what would be some of those top conflicting demands and directives that come to you from the folks who own the team and are your stakeholders and also from the team on the other side? Where do you see you getting ripped apart a little bit? Uh, you know, in, in my world, in terms of the... the uh, in the collegiate world, being on a college campus, uh, you know, we are a part, a very small part. We have to be, sometimes we can be very visible, but in, in the grand scheme of things here, we really aren't that important. Um, and sometimes visibility visibility doesn't always equate to importance. And I make sure that, you know, our players and, you know, we can all understand, you know, our place and where we are and who we represent um, and so we all, we like to think, and this is what I try to emphasize here on our campus, is that regardless of w- what we do, who we are on this campus, we all wear the same jersey, and it all says Harvard, whether we're a basketball coach, whether we're a professor in chemistry, whether we're part of the, the, the maintenance and utility, whether we're, whatever it is, we represent Harvard. And so I think as we try to develop our own individual standard, uh, and make that known internally, obviously, most importantly, but also to, you know, our our colleagues, or, you know, or other folks here on our campus and people who work here and uh, make this their livelihood. That uh, you know, I think there's a great understanding that we are a part of this great university, and, and we understand that. So I don't, I don't see the conflicts in that regard. Uh, there are times when you know the conflicts occur when we don't win enough. Um, you know, there aren't enough wins. Uh, that are occurring for our basketball team or any any particular sports team, and they're grump. You know, they're people that are you know want more, and, and sometimes that can you can have a change when it comes to that. And I've experienced that personally myself. Uh, so that's all a part of it. But I just think internally on this in our environment, our campus, that we represent this great school, uh, and I think it's uh, the standards that we set are more important than whatever the outside expectations uh, can be. All right, let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And, John, uh, let's ask you this question about perfection because a lot of us try to say that we would like to get to the level where everybody is playing the best game they can but also should be perfect in that game. How much of that is relevant and actually productive versus counterproductive in the world of IT leadership and also, of course, like to ask uh, Tom in the same regard in the world of sports. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back.
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We live in an instant-on world, mobile and connected. To compete, you want data center flexibility so you can adapt quickly to changing business needs while keeping information safe. Introducing Enterprise Cloud Compute Services, HP solution for managing secure servers, storage, and networks delivered as a service. Pay only for what you need. Create order out of chaos. The instant-on enterprise is here. Are you ready? Start shaping your cloud at hp.com. We live in an instant-on world, mobile, connected, and fluid. Competing in this world takes a special kind of workplace technology that adapts to change, that allows seamless and personalized interaction. Introducing Workplace 360, HP's full lifecycle desktop management solution, delivered as a service. User subscriptions allow you to gain financial control and flexibility. The instant-on enterprise is here. Are you ready? Visit hp.com for answers. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free 1-866-472-5790. Now back to the show, here's Sanjo Gall. All right, John. So coming back to this world of of, of uh, people who are always seeking perfection, how much of that should be relevant and should be even applied to the world of coaching, whether you're coaching an IT team and or a sports team? Well, I think that everybody, you know, strives to do the best that they can. And, and so if you equate that to striving for or planning for uh, perfection, uh, then, then I think that that's that's something that is 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 conceivable and, and realistic to even maybe demand as a uh, as a leader. Uh, but I think that if you're if you're going to expect perfection each and every time and uh, and chastise folks for for not achieving perfection, you're probably going to be disappointed quite often because everybody um, has has different ebbs and flows to their performance levels. And so, you know, one one day you may have a have a project team that that pushes pushes things forward, uh, you know, far in advance of of the schedule that you had originally intended, and then you might have a a lull of where there is a particularly complex issue that they have to deal with, and it just takes time for the team to work it through. And sometimes that team dynamic just has to have time to take hold, and so you might fall short of perfection but you'll still achieve positive results. So one thing, Tom, in your world, one thing is to raise the bar and say, you know what, you are doing it, but you can do better, and then thus basically getting everybody to move forward in a positive direction and make them better. Another is to say, this is my benchmark of X number of uh, throws or, or whatever that is relevant in your world, to put it that as if you do not do it, then you are not meeting the expectations. In your, how does someone raise the bar and still 
show them that this is what the perfect world can be and not have them be demotivated and get them too close to perfection. That's what your job is, right? Yeah, no question. And, and, and John mentioned it so well in terms of striving, uh, you know, for perfection. Um, I think it's really important that we we emphasize that I have not seen a game in basketball where a team was held scoreless. Uh, um, so, uh, you know, maybe there's one out there, uh, you know, where a team wins by, you know, however many points and the other team doesn't score, you know, a basket at all, a point. I haven't, I've never seen that. Um, but it probably has existed somewhere in time. But my point is, is that we, we then talk about trying to choose what shot that they'll get. Uh, we try to make it difficult. We try to make it difficult for them to understand that, uh, uh, we may not hold them scoreless, but we're going to try to do our best to choose the kind of shot or the opportunities that they'll get. So that's something that we strive for. We talk a lot about standards, as I said before. I mean, we have our players to implement uh, those standards themselves. We we want them to uh, to create ownership uh, in the direction and the and the management or the uh, how our team is going to uh, be coached and, and run. Uh, so we want them to come up. We, we have each player to come up with one individual standard that they think is, would be very important. And then we have the as a list of our standards for our team, and then we try to live up to that. We create an identity for our team. We want our players to understand that this is how we want to be perceived as a basketball team, how important it is that when they view our team play, this is what we're hoping that people will see. This is our identity. And then so we hold them accountable you know, to playing a certain way. Uh, but perfection is is very hard to obviously to achieve and probably in in some ways impossible uh but the the identity the standards and then one of the things that we always talk about we we have a saying that we say when teamwork is our destination victory happens along the way so we're trying to get our players to focus on being the best that we can staying in the moment executing uh playing up to their roles being living up to our identity our standards and then we say we can live with whatever the results may be. And that's very important for us to emphasize those kinds of things as opposed to thinking just about winning and trying to be perfect. Yeah, and Santa, the, uh, I, I think that the, uh, the, uh, another important concept is the one that you brought up, and that is uh, raising the bar consistently and progressively uh, so that you, you constantly look to do things better. Uh, and so, so in that regard, you're... Uh, you're as an individual. You're you're introspective. You review your performance. You you identify areas where you, as an individual, could could have improved or done things differently to produce a more positive result. Uh, or uh, maybe the team, you know, does these types of things, you know, uh, as a team, and 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 comes up with, you know, a a different kind of a model that they that they all become closer in executing so that they so that as a as an aggregate group they raise their uh, their performance levels and so you know i think that those are the kind of things that uh uh that that probably move you towards perfection but i think that uh perfection is probably you know i i've never seen anybody achieve that so, John, when we talk about, and in fact, uh, Tom mentioned in his, uh, you know, previous uh, answer or the one before that, where the team play is very important. You got a bunch of, I would not say their mindset is of a prima donna, but they are phenomenal people in your team as well as in Tom's team. They always are looking that they want to do their best. What do you do different 
so that they start looking out for their teammates before they look out for how they can get the next, uh, you know, the next shot which will make them a superstar. Well, I, I think that you know it's uh, what what typically happens, uh, at least you know, in my experience in sports and in information technology, is that you know people uh, have innate abilities that they bring to the table. But when they become a student of the game, and and the coach has to teach them, you know how to, how to do that. Be a be a student of the game. Be an effective teammate, uh, and and have them start to realize that, you know, their role uh, plays a, uh, a, a an instrumental uh, piece in delivering the end result. So so for instance, for instance. Uh, you know, some, to, for some folks, you can appeal to their intellect because they're just that smart about, you know, the the team dynamics, and they understand things at an intellectual level, and they understand that they can be a catalyst for producing uh, the end result. Uh, so, you know, they they provide the the thought provoking um, ideas that produce uh, an innovation in information technology design. Or maybe they, in the, in the sports world, uh, maybe they, they might, uh, might be like uh, you know, the point guard who starts the play and sets, sets things, a series of events in motion that, produce, that helps to produce that end result. You know, maybe it's a, a, a drive down the middle and a pass out or something like that that produces an open shot. You know, those are the same types of things I think that that people can start to understand, uh, and that and they can start to believe that the beginning is just important to the end result as the actual result itself, and so they are the ones that help to make that game-winning shot. Now, in your world, Tom, how do you recognize that someone is going off mark, whereas you, you're trying to make them a team player and they're trying to go more skewed towards more the individual level play? Of course, there are obvious signs that they're not passing the ball, etc. But is there something that you can find before the actual game so that you can rectify and get the right mentorship and etc. underway? Well, you know, it's uh, I think in the in the sporting world and certainly I think in the basketball world. Uh, it's things can be very very evident very quickly uh, if individuals or if players are uh, being selfish. Uh, it, it comes out loud and clear. We we always talk about you know you you can't fake this game of basketball like it you know that you have to be at certain spots to be. And selfishness doesn't just uh, occur on the offensive end when you have the ball and you don't want to pass it. And you're you know there are times when coaches want. Certain players to be, you know, offensively aggressive and to try to make plays because they are very talented. Um, and then we'll try to decide, you know, making the right decision after trying to make a play. Now, those are two different steps in that regard. Uh, we need to work on decision making. Uh, but if you have the ability to go make a play, you know, the way that we coach and the way that I was taught is that, you know, you want the freedom, uh, and the structure in your way of coaching and teaching to allow you know, that talented individual to go do what they possibly can do. Then we have to probably work on decision-making at the end of that. But taking a step back and looking at it from a defensive standpoint, I mean, in order to be good, you can't be a selfish player and also be a good defensive team. Uh, there's just too much help 
that's required. Uh, and then I think how you, you know, you, you evaluate, analyze these kinds of situations is that we have a system here in our program where we reward, you know, those kinds of behaviors. I mean, we want, you know, we want to praise and reward the behavior that we want to see repeated. Uh, so, you know, most of the time in basketball, people just want to talk about, and you see it in newspapers or on television with SportsCenter or however you, you know, watch the highlights of a game, they're usually going to show, you know, someone that uh, was the high scorer or made a fancy play, you know, something that's exciting or whatever. Well, we need to make sure that internally, you know, that we're going to reward and praise, you know, the individual that made the right decision or the right pass that led to that or did something on the defensive end that allowed us to go do something fun and exciting that everybody clapped for. Uh, so they know that internally, you know, there are things there that we, we just don't go by what the outside world deems important. So I think those are things, those are mechanisms that you can put in place uh, and also things that you can look for. Uh, that aren't being carried through to decide if there's a selfish or unselfish uh, kind of team or even teammates that you need to deal with accordingly. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely true. And and so when you when you think about that in the information technology world, you might have someone whose whose skill set uh, allows them to just dominate uh, at a technical level. And so those are the people that you 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 send out uh, on behalf of the of the team to talk at that technical level. And then there are other people on the team that are are very skilled at executive interaction and and communicating effectively with executives. So you so you send them out, but but the whole team shares in the result of of, of delivering uh, you know a a positive complete effectively operating uh project and i think that you you find that uh, that in uh in any good performing team uh where you know so in in football you know you've got a a running back who has a tremendous amount of natural talent but and so you you want to allow him to to use that talent but the folks up front, the you know the the offensive linemen, you know they're the ones that are that are allowing him to pick and choose where his opportunities are and to be effective in using that talent. And so it's a true team effort, you know. And everybody has to share in in the in the result and the uh, and the rewards, as Tommy pointed out. Well, let's take a quick break. Listeners, we'll be right back. And then when we come back, Tom, the question here would be that why should any player listen to you as a coach? I mean, they, whatever you're telling, uh, <laughs> right, even all the answers that you gave to the questions, these are very intuitive. But at the same time, a player would say, you know what? I know this all thing, all the things that coach is telling me. Why should I listen to him? And so is it is it your pedigree or is it something that you've done before with others or your successes? What is going to make a bunch of people with tall egos in many cases mm-hmm. to listen to you and also start coming together and, and also talk among themselves? You know what? We got to listen to coach. We got to work together, et cetera, et cetera. So how do you what does it take to you know put together this magic? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We live in an instant-on world, mobile, connected, and fluid. 
Competing in this world takes a special kind of workplace technology that adapts to change, that allows seamless and personalized interaction. Introducing Workplace 360, HP's full lifecycle desktop management solution, delivered as a service. User subscriptions allow you to gain financial control and flexibility. The Instant On Enterprise is here. Are you ready? Visit hp.com for answers. We live in an instant on world, mobile and connected. To compete, you want data center flexibility so you can adapt quickly to changing business needs while keeping information safe. Introducing Enterprise Cloud Compute Services, HP's solution for managing secure servers, storage and networks, delivered as a service. Pay only for what you need. Create order out of chaos. The instant on enterprise is here. Are you ready? Start shaping your cloud at hp.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free 1-866-472-5790. Now back to the show, here's Sanjo Gall. Welcome back. So, Tom, why should any player listen to you? What do you bring to the table, especially when you start with a, a bunch of people who may be having tall egos because they are big performers and they've shown themselves perform in the past? What is it that is going to make a coach at least get them, get the other people, uh, all the players to listen in the first place and then start developing it? So, what's that journey like? Well, I, I think first and foremost, uh, I think of you know of players and, and, and basketball players in particular, and our teams and places where I've been. Uh, I think that the overriding theme and dynamic that is is so prevalent is that they want to win. Uh, I think they want to be successful. You know, obviously for themselves, but they also you know I don't know which sometimes that the order of this can be. <laughs> You know, uh, can be debated, but uh, they want to get better. They want to be successful, and they also want to have a, a winning team or win a championship or to be successful as a group. And I think to have a leader uh, or a teacher, a coach, uh, to be able to kind of emphasize or to be able to galvanize a group of individuals to have belief uh, in in me as a leader or me as a coach. Uh, belief in themselves as players and in belief in our team. Uh, I think that's my job. That's my goal. That's the essence of what I try to do. And so, in order to have a system in place, they need to feel that you're you have a plan. There, you know, the one word that we came in here with Harvard with is the word that I uh, still use, but we use it incredibly, uh, you know, consistently at the very beginning of a vision, of a vision for our program, a vision for our team. Uh, we talked about that consistently. We have we want to have a vision. And we want to share a vision, you know, to be able to communicate that very well and be absolutely steadfast in our belief in that vision. So I think to be able to communicate that and then the belief in our style of play, I think to be able to emphasize, we had a great player uh, that became great here at Harvard, and then I think we know, everyone knows about who he is now, but named Jeremy Lin, Lin Sanity. Uh, went on to become, you know, what we have seen to be an absolute phenomenon in the in, in our world today, uh, in basketball and uh, so many other things that you know this kid has crossed over into uh, to become such a cult uh, figure. Um, but Jeremy Lin, I thought, was a young man that we inherited here at Harvard. But I thought that the system that we had in place was going to allow him to to really blossom. Like he took to it like a fish to water, and I thought that was as big as anything. 
that he believed in our system and he saw how effective it could be for himself and also for the growth of our program. And our program took off because of that. He became such a very talented player here. And then having, you know, the, the best players or your, your so-called, you know, best players or your most talented players buy in or believe in uh, is incredibly important to have others to feel like, you know, um, you know, this is what we're going to do or this is how we're going to do it. If our, if the star guys or the main guys or the most talented guys, if they're, if they're on board, um, you know, it's amazing how other things kind of just get hitched to those wagons and become smoother sailing. And that's exactly what happened for us here. And, but I think you have to do that every step of the way. You may have a pedigree. You may have, you know, a resume. You may have all these things that have worked for you in other places where rings, which, you know, in the world of sports, they talk about, you know, getting rings, you know, being champions. Um, and so many coaches have those things as credibility. Uh, but you still have to kind of, you know, you have to prove that to each team that you coach. And I think that's the essence of coaching, teaching, leading, and certainly serving. All right. So, John, so what I heard uh, Tom say is that you've got to have a vision. You've got to share that vision, vision consistently. And then perhaps you can have the icing on the cake by having a good pedigree. Is that enough in your view for them well, to drink the Kool-Aid? Yeah, I, I, I think that what Tommy said is, is absolutely correct. But I, I would say that, that you know, there's a couple of things at the very beginning. So as a, as a, a new uh, executive or a new manager, uh, walking in, you know, um, you know, I, I, I have a reputation that precedes me. And so, so, you know, sometimes that's good. Hopefully it's always good, but, you know, sometimes there are other things that, uh, that people perceive. And so Tommy said it very well earlier, and you have to start off by, by developing the relationships. And the relationships are not only amongst the, the, the players and the teammates, but they're, between the the coaches and and the executives that lead information technology teams and and so you know once you once you do that then i think that you can you can identify you yourself have to be uh the one that that sets the uh the leadership model you have to set the example and and so then you can you can uh push that out or sometimes pull that out of some of the the people that are part of the team and then and then it starts to germinate and and then the the vision starts to starts to grow and people start to have great clarity about what the vision is and they buy into the program and so then then you start to have everybody operating as an effective team they have good relationships you've got internal leaders as well as yourself to to be uh, be a leader in other areas and then and then you can you can have uh, a program that that delivers results and nothing nothing breeds success like success and so if you can demonstrate that your your program the program that and the vision that 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 you've brought to the table really works then everybody very rapidly comes on board and i i will tell you in the uh uh in our world you know if you have a program that really is perceived as as hitting on all cylinders then you're going to have other people that want to, and many of the highly talented people will want to come work uh, in that in that area because they know that you know they're going to be the ones that are going to be perceived as producing all of that success. And then if you if you then correspondingly start to say 
that those that, that really step up and produce results within the context of the program now get more visibility and more responsibility and more ability to display their own individual talents uh, within the context of the program still, but you give them opportunities, I guess. And, and so that, I think that, that brings the, the really talented people to the table and starts to uh, have the flow of that, that uh, available talent come towards your program uh, in a little bit more of a proactive way. Tom, I'm sure that you must be inheriting as uh, you with Harvard or any other place in the past. You've inherited all types of people who you need to work on. And, and ultimately, you're responsible for the overall success of the team. Till what time do you keep working on some people where you put drain a lot more of your energy and then you say, you know what, we're done and we should move on? How, how do you... How do you uh, Estimate how much effort you're going to make on which person or what type of uh, effort you're going to put in into which type of team player and eventually say it is not working out and we should move on. Well, you know, I think that's a great, great question. And, you know, there's investment, uh, the word that I use, uh, that we all uh, will bring up, you know, we all, I guess, will exhibit a, a, a amount of investment in our our, our players uh, in their development, and, and we have a staff that does that. And you know, one of the things that happens a lot, and I think in the world of sports, and certainly has happened, you know, to me as a basketball coach at times, where you sometimes, you know, because players are, are very talented, or maybe you're better players, uh, sometimes you don't you don't coach them as much or as hard as you do other players that you're trying to maybe bring them up to a certain level with some of your better players. You think if, if this kid could do a little bit more of that, uh, and I know this, this young man, this player here is very good at that, so I don't need to worry about that. Well, one of the things I was taught, and this is something that I think Coach K at Duke is, is a, I think, a master at, and Doc Rivers here, the coach of the Boston Celtics here locally, is a master at. They are willing and invested in coaching their best players. Uh, and a lot of times, it sounds very simple, um, but a lot of times it doesn't occur. It doesn't happen as much because you're so fixated. And it's like being in a classroom, maybe a teacher. Uh, you spend a lot of time or energy focusing on that student, whether that's, um, it needs a little bit more help, but the one that's doing very well, that has, you know, this great potential, uh, you know, you kind of, oh, they're doing great, so you need to focus on a few others that aren't doing as well. And that's, that's obviously there's a school of thought to that. But I just think to be able to make sure that you, you focus and always will, re, will make sure you're teaching and coaching even your best players. And I think, as you mentioned, at some point, do you feel like you, you, you've done a, you've exhausted your, your energies and your efforts on certain players. And then that, that happens. I mean, there's still uh, members of your team you're still, you know, going to teach and coach. But in terms of trying to get the maximum out of this particular group, where can you focus your energies to see who can really take this team to another level? And most of the time, uh, it has a lot to do with some of your most talented or best players. Now, you might have the best intent, John, this is for you, uh, in terms of taking the team to the next level. Do you think you could become overzealous as a leader and try to overcoach? Yeah, I think I think that uh, you can um, because, uh, and I, I would say that there are some times when when you ha- when you you establish a a plan or a program or whatever, um, and you and you start to change the individual, change their 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 abilities, and uh, and it almost squelches their natural abilities. So 
So there are some very talented people in the information technology world that think about things uh, in very abstract terms. Uh, rather than you know those those at those levels that some of us um, uh, might think about in in, in a normal sense, uh, those are the kind of people that really will come up with uh, some innovative ideas for how to do things more effectively uh, to use technology in a in a in a in a way that had not been thought of before, and I've I've. I've seen that in uh, in in sports uh, as well because you know you have people that come to the table with a lot of this natural talent and, and you know not so much in in the uh, the very um, uh, successful uh, college and professional ranks but you know at the at the lower levels you know I've seen some uh, some coaching that uh, that says well you have to do it this way well. You know, I mean, there's a there's a fine line between, you know, uh, teaching someone how to use their their natural abilities to to the greatest advantage, and and actually, you know, squelching those those abilities. So I I think that there is a, a an opportunity to overcoach, uh, but that's why the good coaches are 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 good coaches. They they know where that line is. Quickly, Tom, any thoughts on this one? Overcoaching. Yes, uh, you know we we can be guilty of that. I think as coaches, uh, you know, to and I think it's it's really important to to have a, a sense of balance uh, with certain players to uh, allow players to express themselves to 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 be who they you know ultimately we think they can be and, and the things that they possibly can do on the floor in terms of a basketball setting. Uh, there are times when you you can be you know set in a, set in stone. I just remember an example of that as a player. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski, uh, Coach K, my coach at Duke University, had his way of a defensive stance, and you know it was all over me as a young player, as a freshman player, um, and and stopped it and, and kind of got jumped on me. I'd say jumped on me, but you know was was very demonstrative and, and adamant about me holding my hands in a certain position while I played defense, and you know stopped it, and the whole gym kind of stopped, and he asked the question, "Why? I told you to do it the other way. You know, why, how come you're not doing it?" And I stopped and I thought and I just I was very honest. I just told him I feel more comfortable doing it this way. And then he stopped and paused and he said, "Okay, that's a good answer. Go do it the way you, the way you're comfortable." And I went on to become a very good defensive player. But I was taken back by his ability to uh, listen to me and how I felt as a, a defensive player. And I felt I was pretty good at it. And I ended up being a fairly good defensive player for for my team and and, and thought of that you know nationally. So. But that area there, he didn't overcoach it, I guess is my point. Like he listened to me as a person that's out there doing it, and he trusted me, and that gave me a great deal of faith and confidence in him by listening to me of how I felt as a player uh, and believing in me in that way. And so I think those things can pay incredible dividends. If you don't overcoach, you're not set in stone, and you'll be able to listen to your, your students or your players or, or your employees. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And, uh, Tom, I'm going to ask this question uh, where uh, you are trying to do the best you can. Of course, it is mentally draining, etc. And also you're applying many of the learnings that you've had. But you got to grow as well. You got to go to the next level for you to take the team to the yet next level, which is not even seen by you today. Where do you go and learn and get coached? Please stay tuned. We'll be right back and listen to Tommy. 
The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. We live in an instant-on world, mobile and connected. To compete, you want data center flexibility so you can adapt quickly to changing business needs while keeping information safe. Introducing Enterprise Cloud Compute Services, HP solution for managing secure servers, storage, and networks delivered as a service. Pay only for what you need. Create order out of chaos. The Instant On Enterprise is here. Are you ready? Start shaping your cloud at hp.com. We live in an Instant On world, mobile, connected, and fluid. Competing in this world takes a special kind of workplace technology that adapts to change, that allows seamless and personalized interaction. Introducing Workplace 360, HP's full lifecycle desktop management solution, delivered as a service. User subscriptions allow you to gain financial control and flexibility. The Instant On Enterprise is here. Are you ready? Visit hp.com for answers. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free 1-866-472-5790. Now back to the show, here's Sanjo Gall. Welcome back. So, Tom, you, you definitely have been doing phenomenal in terms of the work that you've shown, and uh, you must be feeling that I have applied whatever I know, but where do you go next? I mean, is, is, there, is there a limit to what coaching or other people could have taught you? Well, I, I think that uh, in any profession, I think, well, in life in general, I think, you know, the, at least for me, the older they get, the more you realize you don't know. <laughs> Um, and, and that has certainly, you know, uh, rings loud and clear, uh, and that allows you, I think, to become, uh, you know, a life learner. And, and that's what, you know, is, I think is, is very important, a uh, lifelong learner to continue to grow as a, as a person, obviously to grow in your profession. And yet, I have mentors. I have people that have been, uh, have guided me, helped guide my career. Uh, Coach Chef, Coach Shevsky, Coach K, that, you know, is, is the main one. Um, so I always are I'm seeking advice or trying to learn. You can, in my world, you know, there are ways of, you know, going to coaching clinics to hear some of the greats in the business that have taught and coached at uh, so many different levels. You try to uh, learn from them. Uh, you're, you're able to do so many things now with technology to uh, hear so many other, you know, coaches in that regard online. Uh, you know, are you constantly trying to improve your craft? And I think that's it's very important to do that, learning from the NBA uh, and I also think you can learn from just being aware around you, you know, being involved in a, uh, a charity, being involved in any, something outside of your world, uh, you know, whether that's uh, uh, the Boys and Girls Club of Boston. Uh, just, you know, leadership lessons, I think, are around us all the time. Uh, it doesn't have to be something that's grandiose or something that's, uh, you know, spectacular in, in certain sense. I just think you're, you're, if you're aware, I think you can music, uh, uh, re, you know, in fact, to, to read different articles and publications, uh, you know, they're different things that can relate to different worlds. And so I just think it's important to, to have the concept that you want to be a lifelong learner and then try to execute that in many, many different avenues as possible. 
John, in your world, where do you feel yourself that, okay, uh, you know, these are the areas where I think I need help. And perhaps given what is handed over to you as a responsibility and what you take upon yourself, do you have a carved out time where you say, I need to pull myself out of all this regular stuff that I do and work on myself, the me part of you? How, imp- how much importance do you give? Because I think the more you put in yourself is what you'll give out to the others. I, I think that it's a, it has to be a continuous process. I, I agree with Tommy. I mean, you have to be open to learning things from from wherever they might come. So, you know, you certainly you can take the initiative and you can carve time out. So in my world, you know, uh, I, I carve time out, uh, you know, typically in the evenings to you know keep up on information technology and and different things that 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 um uh, information technology might be leveraged to benefit um, but you know just on a day-to-day basis uh you learn things just from interactions with people and you you um, learn from the from those that you serve as as part of as their leader of their of that team uh, because they they come up with different ideas, and you have to be open to receiving that. Um, and so I think that you know those are the kind of things that that happen. Certainly, you know uh, I have um, uh, mentors that that over the years uh, I can uh, can call, I can uh, bounce uh, questions off of, and 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 that. And quite honestly, you know, uh, people that think the same way as as I do, you know, those are those are certainly resources, but those are those are not the ones that are going to give me uh, uh, alternatives that I might want to consider. So I've I've uh, over the years I've I've tried to realize that you know the tendency is to surround yourself with people that are like yourself. And, uh, and so I've, I've tried very hard to make sure that those that, that don't agree with me are also on my list of confidants. And so that, you know, you can constantly get different, uh, different alternatives, different ideas, uh, things that are thought provoking that might give you, uh, an opportunity to be a little bit innovative on your own. But you have to be open to it. So, Tom, very quickly, top three things that you will suggest to a fellow coach or a budding coach uh, in your field so that they could do the things that they are supposed to do and prevent making mistakes that you might have made in the earlier part of your coaching career? Well, I, I think one of the first things that I've always tried to emphasize now to aspiring coaches and younger coaches than myself that are starting, that are uh, wish that I had the opportunity to to maybe do it better uh, as as you start out, and I think we can all look back and and you know think of uh, situations or moments like that that we wish we could have done a few things better as we began our certain careers or certain journeys. The one thing that I would say was that start to develop a philosophy, a philosophy of how you want to play or how you want your program to run, uh, and I think more of the style of play. I think it's really important, you know, as a basketball coach. You know, that you have a philosophy of how you want your team to play, to look, the identity of your team. And then you start, you know, learning toward that, you know, trying to be the best you can at teaching whatever it is, that style of play that you can. I mean, if it's, if you want to be like Syracuse and, and Jim Beheim, who runs a zone defense, and he's, that's what he's done for years, and he's an Hall of Fame coach, and 
or if you want to be like Mike Krzyzewski or Bob Knight, uh, who are great man-to-man defensive coaches, if that's the, whatever your philosophy is, and it doesn't matter what it is, but, but to be able to have that, you know, thought and belief in it, and then be able to teach it. I say the philosophy, the ability to teach a philosophy, and then I think the third thing will be the steadfast belief in your philosophy. So I really believe that would be the three things that I would share with young coaches to be able to identify a philosophy, be able to teach that particular philosophy, and then believe in that particular philosophy. On behalf of the show and our listeners, thank you so much, uh, Tommy and John, for your input. It seems like the CIO can play as a ball coach, and they can do phenomenally well. And also in the sports field, whatever we try to do, our intent is to get everybody as a team member to play their best, but also in the interest of overall, uh, you know, uh, the positive uh, reinforcement and, and the positive outcome as a team. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. And I'll also like to mention Positive Coaching Alliance, which is positivecoach.org. Uh, this is a not, national not-for-profit organization that provides online tools, courses, and workshops, and also helps in assisting and giving youth athletes a positive uh, environment where they can thrive. And frankly, my son is also uh, learning as part of that uh, you know, uh, endeavor. So, uh, and in case if you have any questions or thoughts for Tommy and John or for us, please send us to views at CIOtalkradio.com. That is views at CIOtalkradio.com. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Join Sunjal Gall next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific for another hour of CIO Talk Radio. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by Citrix, offering go-to assist, remote support made easy. CIO Talk Radio is sponsored by HP Data Center Services, Cloud Computing Services, and Workplace 360 Services.